What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am this little chemical. This is the Monday show, and we dropped a little content extra for you uh, on Sunday. And um, I just didn't want. We had a great week in professional wrestling. I just didn't want to talk more about the fallout and <clears throat> the continued fallout from uh, Dark Side of the Ring. And I do want to get some final thoughts about it, though. Because after I recorded what I recorded, about 20 minutes or so, um, I just saw some stuff. And I, people feel like Dark Side of the Ring only gives one side of the, of the coin. And here's why I will defend the show. It has, it's always tried to give both sides. I think every episode that they can't get someone, you kind of know why. Either they're working with WWE or they just didn't want to participate, you know. Um I think they've always tried to do their best to do it. Nothing each episode is perfect, but that's where I will defend it. Cause we've had people like Bruce Pritchard on the show, Eric Bischoff, whatever. It's easy to bash it when these people no longer can uh, participate in the show. And I don't know where Ric Flair was. I don't, I guess he was still technically working for WWE when that was recorded. Um, so, you know, it's one of those situations where they probably couldn't get him. And even then that I could only imagine how that interview would have gone oh my god but sometimes it's okay just to hold people accountable even if they are your heroes you know like i don't think it's a bias because they i don't think you could make uh, people said first of all john cena's always been a company guy i said this before but him saying someone's at the time john cena wasn't a good wrestler either but he was an over wrestler and he what else did john want him to do not defend the company and plus he didn't say what rick flair said you know, he just kept saying, um, he, he just said, hey, he's not a good wrestler. He just wasn't there, and that's why he's not there anymore. And then he moved on. Um, Flair actually called into the show to berate this dude as he's talking. It's it's a difference, man. You guys got to, okay, and I get it. It's Ric Flair. No one wants to think badly of Ric Flair. But if, if sometimes we bury the lead on some people, man. Like, Teddy Long did a shoot with kayfabe commentaries where he says Ric Flair called him the N-word several times. I'm surprised that has never been a big issue. But I'm telling you now, Dark Side of the Ring gets a fourth or fifth season. These things will be explored, and some of your favorites will be exposed. Some of my favorites will be exposed. And then we would have to think about if we want to actually deal with them as being favorites, you know? So just get used to it, man. And, and, And... because and because kayfabe commentary wasn't as widely available and you had to pay for it that's the thing a lot of times when these things get put on uh, youtube the kayfabe commentaries they get taken down immediately because i think they're on high spots now um and you still have to pay for them so it get taken down really fast but um this even though you should, you should have vice like these, these these episodes are all over youtube so um it's it's uh easier to get but those are my final thoughts on it we're going to move to something more positive you feel how you feel i feel how i feel but these dude this, this isn't if you even think about the episode with nick gage it didn't glorify him he actually looked like a fucking idiot but it, it did give him more press than he's ever probably had but it's one of those things where it's actually a redemption story rick flair can this is this could be rick flair's redemption story he's, you no one has to be canceled you know you could just say hey you effed up, 
You never know how people feel. He came from an insensitive time. And now we are in a sensitive time. And he can make amends to can no, I guess he can't. He can make amends to some of these people by just keeping his mouth shut, apologizing, and moving forward. No one has to be canceled. Let's chill with the cancel talk. So anyways, transitioning to something more positive. AEW had their biggest audience, live audience in the history of AEW. Two years out, and this was exciting for pro wrestling fans. And people, many people ask me all the time, Marvel or DC, WWE or um, or AEW. And I'm a fan of all pro wrestling. And I was let me give you my history really fast before I get into this. Growing up, WWE was more available. Because they were had so many syndicated shows and everything, but I would watch WCW Saturday Night or the Saturday Night Show. Um, so I, I always consider myself a WWE fan because I couldn't consider myself a WCW fan because I just didn't I, I wasn't able to watch their stuff until Monday Night Show came out. Then I became a pro wrestling fan, being able to watch that. Being able to, oh, that was, and, and also being able to then get ECW on syndication. I had to stay up until three in the morning on Saturdays to watch it, but I was that, I was that obsessed to where I knew that, hey, this, I like it, I want to watch it. But then I became a pro wrestling fan. And even in the Monday Night Wars, I, 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 even though I didn't realize it at the time, I was always picking my spots and what I wanted to watch and what I did not want to watch. I always was like, hmm. All right, I don't like WWE's main event. And I told the story in a podcast before how it was Giant versus Hogan, Hollywood Hogan for the world title. They went off the air at 9.59. They wanted you to watch this, the, the, the movie after. I can't remember what movie it was. And they showed commercial breaks like in... Uh, and, 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 and during the commercial breaks, it would be like the match. It wouldn't be a commercial. And I remember they did two commercial breaks worth of matches, and then they stopped coming back. And I was like, really? And that's what turned me off from WCW main events at that time, when they were at their hottest. So I said, you know what? I like watching Booker T, Harlem Heat. I like watching DDP. I like watching the Cruiserweights. That's what I will watch. I don't need to watch the main events because the main events make me mad. I will watch the main events of WWE because the, the lower card is not that great. So I've always been able to pick and choose, and that's why there is no need to choose. If you don't like AEW, you don't have to watch it. But you have so many people who are mad and have time on their hands, so they watch it just to complain about it. And vice versa, same thing with WWE people. You know Raw's not for you. Why watch any of it? You know, like to me, I always nitpick. Like, I very rarely watch Raw live. I watched Raw live these past two weeks because you kind of saw everything that was coming, and I wanted to see what they were going to do. But to me... This week was so important to professional wrestling. This is the first time since WCW that in, that you could say AEW is competition for WWE. But even then, I don't think it's a competition thing when it looks like WWE may be selling in a few years. You know, it feels like they're they're really not even trying anymore, dude. And but and and I, and I, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but this was exciting. 
I was excited for all of AEW. All people who just are AEW fans. I was excited for myself. I'm just excited for wrestling in general because this is a good thing. The fact that they were they've been able to first of all getting Chris Jericho. He is the established name. He needed to be the first AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Getting the Bucks Omega huge. H- having Cody be the like the, the EPs or what EVPs or whatever is good, but getting that established name in Jericho was important, and that to me led to the TV deal. To me, then getting John Moxley immediately, and then adding the smaller talent, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, the Lucha Brothers, um, San- Sammy Guevara. Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, etc., etc., but then getting two of the biggest names in the last 15 years, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. To me, those coups were important because these people, maybe not Punk, but Adam Cole and Bryan, both have been on record saying they had great experiences, but they still said it was like for Bryan he said it was it was hard, but his wife's there. I think it was less hard because I think it was more hard because his wife is there. And I'm sure he didn't want any uh, backlash to happen to her. If backlash would happen to her. But what Adam Cole said, it was not even a decision. You know, if the rumors are true about Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, you could, you could, you know, they just want to get out. Now, and, and don't get me wrong, it's going to be inevitable. We're going to have people, we've already had people who've gone on AEW television who weren't contracted wrestlers and said, well, WWE is my dream. That's still going to be a thing. WrestleMania still has uh, the spectacle and, and the prestige to people want a main event. People want to be on that stage, you know? Um, so let's not be foolish here and think that this is not going to eventually happen. But the way they're building their roster, I can see Brian Cage leaving. You can tell he's not happy. Um... But the point is, it's going to happen both ways. It's going to be back and forth. And that's okay. You know, because both there's going to be both sides changing. But to me, this was this this week was so important. Me, personally, I didn't like the entire AEW Dynamite. But I still thought, just the spectacle of that many people watching, being excited to be wrestling fans again, it was huge for me as a wrestling fan to say, oh, wow, this is freaking cool. And the, everything that AEW announced this week, it, it felt like just a big, it was a big week, you know? Um, and then they start the night off with Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan, who have not wrestled each other since their PWG days, but they were not who they are now. Um, they went to a 30-minute time limit draw, and it's funny because I planned to sit down and watch. I had a bunch of stuff to do, so I came in pretty much towards like the last five minutes of the match. I ended up getting a chance to re-watch the match. It was phenomenal. They clearly left some stuff on the table for a future. Now, the, the, the key to all this is, when is Hangman Adam Page coming back? I still maintain, I think he should be the one to take the belt off Kenny Omega. And then MJF takes the belt from him. Um, but if Hangman is not coming back anytime soon, then... I just don't see him keeping that bell on Kenny Omega for a year and a half to wait for Hangman. And I would hate for him to miss his opportunity. Now, family is more important than anything. I understand that completely. I just don't want him to get cold and get lost in the shuffle. But Full Gear is pushed back a week. It's in Minnesota now. I think 
you can now have D, uh, Brian Danielson feud with someone else from the Elite as a distraction before he gets to Kenny Omega or before they have another match down 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 the road. I'm still banking on the fact that Hangman is going to be the next AEW champion. Hopefully at full gear. Hopefully he doesn't take too much time off. But then again, you never know. Some people, like, I remember Sting. That's one of the reasons he never left WCW. He said, I had a sweet schedule. I got to see my kids play baseball. And these are things I just refuse to miss. And you know what? Good for him. Making all the money you can while staying who you are. Or trying to be the best person you can be. So that's what Heyman's doing. I seriously salute him. And that's what makes him happy. I'm happy for him to make himself happy. Um, it's not what I want. It's what he wants. So, um, Al, uh, Malachi Black defeated Cody. Cody got a ton of boos here. And I don't think it's that they booed him because they don't like Cody. They booed him because they were booing him because they didn't want him to beat Malachi. And he shouldn't have. And he didn't. And you saw a lot of things from Cody here. His anger was overflowing. You saw Black mist out of Malachi's mouth. Um, th- this was all over the place. Um, but to me, the right guy won. You know, he needs to have this thing over Cody. And to be honest with you, we may be seeing a heel turn from Cody. We may be seeing, like, soon, not from this night. Um, we may be seeing him just going, joining the elite full time. Because he is a member of the elite, even though he hasn't been a part of it. You know, he can't t- challenge for the world title. He can't do anything else. I don't think they need any more else in the group. But then again, he is a part of the elite, you know. So it's not that serious. Um... FTR lose to Sting and Darby. Sting looked amazing. Um, he did. They, they didn't put him in any position to not look amazing. FTR obviously were the, were the best uh, group to put him in there with, and um, it, it was just a good way to get a, a, a icon on the show with three other talents that um, just to headline with them or whatever, and just just, just to see him st- everything come full circle for Sting. Him returning to TNT. Him. <laughs> Showing out on TNT like before, just good stuff. Speaking of TNT, remember last year when it was announced, or earlier this year when it was announced that Rampage and Dynamite will be going to uh, TBS next year. That is not exactly true. Rampage will be staying on TNT Friday nights, and it will be Dynamite that will be going to TBS. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a TBS app or not. So I don't know if I'll be able to watch because um, I don't have cable. So I don't know if, they'll be able to, if I'll be able to watch Dynamite starting next year. Um, and as you guys know, we've been doing this show by month, monthly anyway. So I'll give you, like, as the schedule picks up, we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work next year. Well, that's a, a problem for another day. But if there's a TBS app, I'll just download that. Like, I download TNT and whatever. But um, we'll see how that goes. So, anyways, uh the, this main event was Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker. Bunch of interference led to um, Britt Baker winning, retaining. You know what I've been surprised at is Britt Baker making a lot of baby faces tapping out. I think the only person that did not tap out was Chris Statlander, and she passed out, um, which I was happy they didn't do that. But like a lot of baby faces tapping out here, and like that's so different from everything we're used to seeing and conditioned to seeing from WWE. How so many people do pass out or, or so many people don't tap out. I think it's kind of changed to where now, if you don't have a big name, you or Vince feels like you don't have a big name, they kind of make you tap out or whatever. But um, he, he it's just it's so fascinating to see 
this happen, and obviously this, they're saving the money match for next year, Herbert Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's Championship. That's what this is all leading up to. They're a rematch from their classic Lights Out match from this year. Um, they said the belt will be on the line. So that, that's what it's all building up to clearly. Um, MJF did beat Brian Pillman Jr. in an all right match. You know, I think this is the biggest match of Pillman's life. You know, um, I thought it was pretty good. And the, the last AEW note I have, yeah, is um, it was announced that the AEW and the AEW, it's not like Bret Hart here, AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation will collaborate. They will work on a, a bunch of stuff. He'll have merchandise, which means he'll have action figures. He'll have he'll be in the new AEW game. There will be an Owen Hart tournament. And a lot of people were really mad. They were like, I can't believe Martha gave in. He's a WWE guy. He hasn't been a WWE guy since he passed away, first of all. Second of all, Martha Stewart, Martha Stewart, Martha Hart has always made it clear she wants nothing to do with the WWE. She wants nothing to do with them. This is this has nothing to do with who he is and who what. This is about honoring Owen. And even though, and me and Figure Four Foes were talking about this, I've never been an Owen Hart fan. Just not my my cup of tea. But I'm so happy for the people that are Owen Hart fans that can finally get an Owen Hart action figure. That can finally get an Owen Hart in the video game again. This is this is truly for the fans. And I've been told that the Omar Foundation does great things in Canada. So, you know, that's 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 good. That's good for everything, you know. It doesn't do him being a WWE guy. Jesus Christ, get over yourselves. Um, and my thoughts for the for whenever the first Owen Hart tournament. I can only think of two people, and I know this. I know one of them is not winning. But I, I can only think of Brian Pillman Jr. and Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson, excuse me. I can only think of those two. You know, for some, I don't know why Brian Danielson. I know why Brian Pillman. But I was like, those two only people I could think of that would be in the tournament. And I could see it because it's not gonna be a hate. I don't think they would make a not not at least for the, not not at least for the first one. I think this is this is not a King of the Ring gimmick. This is a this is a face gimmick in my opinion. I had to see those two um, doing it. That's just my opinion. I could see it being the finals. MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. and Pillman winning, you know. So, anyways, um, those are your AEW notes. Um, great week. So proud of those guys. Keep the work up. And ladies, um, Impact news real fast. Uh, Rhino signs a new contract with the company. Congratulations to him. Sammy Callahan, I believe, uh, messed his ankle up. He, he, he's injured out for the rest of 2021. And Josh Alexander chose option C, which in, Impact, if you don't know, when you're the X division champion, if you choose option C, you can you turn in, you cash in your X division championship for an opportunity at the world championship. He's clearly the one that's gonna dethrone Christian Cage at Bound for Glory. Um, and it's clearly it's clearly gonna give him the push of his life. Um, so I, I think it's a cool concept. I know a lot of people aren't big on cashing in titles, but you know what? For many years, WWE always said. Excuse me, WCW always said that if you're in the United, United States champion, you're the, technically always the number one contender for the WCW championship. And I always liked that idea because it's always like, why wouldn't you be the number one contender? You're the you're you're literally the next in line. You're, you're the guy who's you know holding it down with that middleweight championship. And I always saw the Intercontinental Championship as 
like that number one contender. Even though they never said it in WWE, they always say it in WCW. I, I always saw it that way. Why wouldn't Razor Ramon or Shawn Michaels be the number one contender? And even then, if they really wanted to push you, you technically were. Like when Cena was the United States champion going against GBL, he was the number one contender. <laughs> you know, that's just how it is, you know. So that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, let's get to some WWE notes. The bloodline were all over the place this week. We're going to start with SmackDown now. Um, Montez Forrest cuts, cuts a promo on the bloodline, calling him the B-word. Oh, my. This leads to Roman Reigns saying he wants him in a match. Paul Heyman said, well, you're 40 hours away from defending your Universal Championship. Reigns just gave Paul Heyman a look and said, Reigns, Montez Ford, you got it. Reigns has been wrestling a little bit more on TV recently. Um, obviously, he's been drawing numbers. He drew, uh, I believe, the highest number on Raw in a long time, him and the Bloodline being on there. Um, but Reigns and Ford leaves Reigns with locking in the guillotine, Ford tapping out, the demon coming out and laying out the Bloodline before their Extreme Rules match this Sunday. I will not be covering Extreme Rules, just so you guys know. Uh, this will be your only Monday show this week. Um, Zelina Vega got her first win since coming back three months ago. She defeated Liv Morgan. Um, so, yay for her, I guess. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura retained his Intercontinental Championship as he defeated Apollo Crews with a roll-up, a cradle. And Bianca finally gets her chance to lay out Becky Lynch. Unfortunately, Becky Lynch will retain this Sunday, um, in my opinion. Next up, let's talk about Raw. The Bloodline make, I believe, Reigns made his first appearance on Raw in two years. Um, he comes out, the Bloodline faces the New Day, and I thought it was a good match. Bobby Lashley comes out, destroys everyone. It cost the New Day the match after uh, uh, Xavier Woods was distracted, gets hit with a spear by Reigns' pin. Bobby Lashley ends up laying out Reigns as well. According to Dave Meltzer, Apparently, they've been doing uh, triple threat matches at live events where it was Bobby Lashley versus Big E versus uh, Roman Reigns, and they were getting really good reception. So they said, let's just throw it on TV as well. So they ended up having a triple threat match later on where there was the Universal Champion Reigns versus the WWE Champion Big E versus Bobby Lashley, and it was pretty good. Um, Reigns ends up winning after he gets hit with a spear by Reigns. So Reigns wins twice on television on Raw. It was the only outcome. Lashley was the only person that had to take that fall, unfortunately. You couldn't let Big E take that fall. You couldn't let Reigns take it. Bobby Lashley had to take it, and you couldn't do a schmoz. You just had to go with it. Um, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley win the Women's Tag Team Championships. I guess you could kind of see this coming with the Odd Couple team. Um, really weird. But you know what? They really like Nikki Ash. They didn't want her as, a, as the world champion. And they really, you could tell they really want to do something with, well, Vince really wants to do something with Rhea, but you could tell he just doesn't want her as a champion. Like, he does, I don't think he knows how to appreciate her as champion. And I think this is like their consolation prize. And with this win, this makes Nikki the first ever three time women's world ch uh, tag team champion. She won it twice with Alexa Bliss and now once with Rhea Ripley. Um, so good for her, you know. Um, those were the highlights of Monday Night Raw. Um, everything else I was going to talk about, I talked about already on the, the Dark Side of the Ring stuff. So that was the, the content you got on Sunday. So that's why if this episode's short. It's because it was, that 20 minutes was dedicated to this. But 
There's no need for that. So, anyways, that is your Monday show for this week. This Wednesday, we will talk about uh, the Last Man. I'm 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 two episodes in. Uh, by the time I get to Wednesday, I will be all caught up. I think it'll be five episodes by then. We will do our first breakdown of it, and we will eventually get to Criminal. I know people weren't happy that me and Nico, Nico did not talk about Criminal, but it just so happened that we were talking. We meant to hit some. We meant to hit Criminal, but then next thing you know, it just got crazy. We went for like 50 minutes, and I was like, "Yeah, this is. I don't want to have a two-hour-long show, dude." But you know, whatever. Um, it, it, we'll get to it. We will get to it. I promise. I did appreciate the feedback from the Wednesday show. It was, despite the people complaining, they still liked the show. So that was awesome. So, anyways, as your Monday show for this week, be safe. You guys will hear me Wednesday. Like, subscribe, and follow.